We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you know, here we are 16 days now into April. Not a whole lot of relevant, like, current in the moment trade rumors going around uh, relevant to the Broncos anyway. But oddly enough, over this weekend, two different reports came out that uh, sketched out a couple of trades that, that never were, that maybe came close but didn't materialize. And the first one I want to get your thoughts on was the Baltimore Ravens appearing, that it, it appeared that they were going to land Cortland Sutton, and then the Broncos got cold feet and said, nah, then they went went on to sign Odell Beckham Jr. What do you make of that, uh, and what kind of uh, implications should Broncos fans take away? I mean, when that first came out, I didn't consider it breaking news because we knew that the uh, Ravens were one of the teams a few months ago that were making a push for Cortland, and we knew that Cortland was on the trade block. So um, it's funny that it comes out after they sign Odell Beckham and they don't have a need for Cortland Sutton anymore, but uh, nothing that we already didn't know. The, the Ravens were in the market for a receiver, and the Broncos were entertaining the thought of trading Cortland Sutton, but obviously the Ravens did not meet his asking price. It's kind of curious that they would pay Odell Beckham, what, $18 million for one year, but they wouldn't trade for Cortland Sutton, who might still have a higher ceiling overall. Let me read exactly, and I'm going to butcher this fellow's last name. I'm not sure exactly, but the Athletics' Jeff Zrebik, Zrebik, I think, um, quote, desperate for a quality veteran receiver, the Ravens explored trade and free agent possibilities. At one point, there appeared to be a deal to be made for Cortland Sutton, but the Denver Broncos decided they didn't want to trade him. Close quote. So just kind of like what we heard from Sean Payton back in early March. I want to say maybe it was the Combine. Actually, I'm not sure exactly what event, but it was it was after his introductory press conference. But uh, he talked about how, look, it's George Payton's job, Zach, when the phone rings, to listen mm -hmm. just because he listens doesn't mean you know he's chomping at the bit to try and you know trade this person that person etc and that's really my takeaway is they listened because not only do you want to listen but just as a general posture zach a gm but keeping in mind you only have five picks in this draft so let's see you know what what ends up making the most sense to us holding on to Cortland sutton and whatever value he's going to bring to the new sean payton offense or you know, a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, mm -hmm. maybe something like that for Cortland Sutton. Yeah, as a good general manager, you kind of have to do your diligence and poke around and see what's the asking price or what teams are feeling your players or um, just the uh, formality kind of phone call. You know, we, we were tagged on Twitter, Chad, with the Buccaneers entertaining the thought of trading for or trading uh, Devin White. Right. And I said, I don't think it's going to happen, but George Payton can't hurt to pick up the phone and see the asking price for him. So a I'm sure a lot of teams did the same thing with Cortland Sutton, same thing with Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, but obviously no one met the price that George Payton has. 
That's the way the, the cookie has crumbled thus far. Let's say some hellos here um, to people in the chat. Our great, great MHH community. Love you guys. David McElrath, the one known as Papa Bear. Good to see you, big dog. Thank you for the super chat. He's just saying good evening to uh, Chad, Zach, Dylan, Deacon, Scott. Hashtag Buckham times two, by the way. MHH for life, Broncos for life. That's awesome, brother. Really appreciate you jumping in early with a super chat, helping us keep the lights on. And I mean that in a literal sense. Right before we were going live, you can ask Zach. I was talking to Scott about getting some new lights. Got to have some new lights. I'm tired of dealing with the lights that I have because uh, they're driving me nuts. You can even see around our silhouette, right? You can see a little bit the green screen behind us. Now, that's an unfortunate bug that has uh, come out recently of StreamYard, but I'm convinced better lighting, Scott, is going to solve that or at least minimize that for us. Anyway, David, you're the man. Love you, big dog. Thank you, David. As always, good to see you each and every night. Uh, we also um, got to say hello to Erwin jumping in with a very generous super chat. A newer name uh, here welcome, on the Irwin. Super Chat on YouTube. So, yes, as Zach said, welcome. Thank you, Erwin. He says, thank you for everything you guys, uh, you do, guys. If this is true about Cortland Sutton, it'll be a huge mistake. With the limited draft capital we have, why are we trading a good player for draft picks to get, quote, potential good players? Well, one thing to emphasize here, Erwin, is this is something – this is a ship that has probably sailed. This is uh, specifically the article from uh, – the athletic, I want to say, Zach, this was, I don't know, it's, it was in the not-too-distant past. And so the Broncos didn't want to trade Cortland Sutton. They considered it. Ravens thought there was a deal to be made, appeared to be made. Uh, but ultimately, Denver said, nah. And so the Ravens pivoted and went and signed Odell Beckham Jr. So uh, it's just the front office doing their due diligence, big dog. Uh, the second part of your comment there, Irwin, answers the first question. Why would they trade him? Because of the limited capital they have. And if George Payton thinks an extra fourth or fifth, like Shad was talking about, and maybe even in a best-case scenario, a third for Sutton, if that can help them out you know, in a few weeks in, in Kansas City, then so be it. But I'd rather have him, to Chad's point, what he said earlier, I'd rather have Cortland on the roster and try to you know, extract the pre-injury Cortland Sutton and a Sean Payton offense than flip him for a measly mid-round draft. There's also, uh, oh, Mike, good to see you, big dog. Love you, appreciate you. Always in the chat, always throwing down support and helping us keep the conversation going. I don't know what we do without Michael Ronquillo, so it's great to see you, buddy. Thank you for being with us again tonight. Um, Zach, there's also a uh, another story that is, you know, turning back time, so to speak, although this one, you know, you got to date back to 2022. Uh, from Ian Rappaport, who was on the uh, – and when I'm looking down, I'm looking at my phone right now, guys, to the, where I have this article. This was via an appearance on the Joey Molinaro podcast. Ian Rappaport said, uh, quote, There were times last year where I was pretty convinced either the Eagles or Commanders were going to trade for Russell Wilson. That was one where you kind of stop everything and you're like, hang on. Now it turned out that that was not something he was into, and he was only into going to the Broncos, close quote. And he's speaking, Zach, specifically as far as time frame, to put this in perspective for everybody or context. He, this is what he was hearing at the Combine last year, that the Seahawks were going to maybe trade him to Philly or Washington. But that what's interesting to me, Zach, about this uh, remark from Rappaport is that he what, Russ wasn't into that and that he, quote, was only into going to the Broncos. So you know, take that for what it's worth. Yeah. It doesn't really matter too much now. Obviously uh, the each team went their separate way quarterback and ended pretty well for Philly, not pursuing Russell Wilson and giving Jalen hurts a chance, took him to the Super Bowl and nearly pulled off uh, a massive upset. And he should have been maybe the MVP candidate as well. So um, not much to make of it other than it's the off season. You can tell it's April 16th. Can't you Chad? Exactly. And this is what we do. You know, when we get into the dog days, I, I wouldn't even say yet, Zach, we're in the dog days of, of the offseason. But um, this is how we keep the conversation going, keep everybody yeah. engaged and, and entertained and, and focused and talking about the Broncos. Lawrence, appreciate you, bro. Says, yes, this is going to be a good year, man. I knew we needed an upgrade. Definitely upgrading, baby, at uh, head coach. That's for sure. And that's when you upgrade, Zach, at such a pivotal position spot uh for a team 
it really, you know, I, it's usually a phrase or a, a metaphor, Zach, that's used for quarterbacks, but that truly is the tide that raises all ships. Uh, Michaela, the Duchess, jumping in. And Thank if you, you can man. see on your screens and you look at Michaela's profile picture, she's actually rocking her brand spanking new Tim Patrick jersey. That's what she wanted, Zach. She wanted a Timmy P jersey as one of the winners of the March uh, Super Chat giveaway. So glad to see you got it. Looking great. The Duchess, appreciate you. Very generous super. She says, no on a Sutton trade. Be trading a known commodity for a draft pick you would not know if it would pay off. Yeah, so then we get Zach out into the weeds of, you know, the philosophy of one in the hand worth two in the bush. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I love the fact that Michaela is actually rocking a Timmy P jersey, if I could say so for a second. So many people in Broncos country have forgotten how beastly Timmy P is as a receiver and how badly the Broncos missed him last year, how reliable and clutch he is, the place he can make as a perimeter wideout. I cannot wait to see what he can do this year. Um, but you're right, Michaela. I would rather have Sutton on the field and no such thing as too many weapons for someone like Russell Wilson and a Sean Payton offense. Exactly. And yes, um, she says, thank you guys for my new Timmy P jersey with another super. Nope. Thank you. You know, it's a small thing we can do to, to show our gratitude for the support. Uh, wish we were in a position where we could do that to like everybody, throw a jersey out to everybody who finishes in the top 10. Someday, someday, hopefully we'll be in a position where we could do that. But uh, it's a it's a small thank you for what you guys give us. And, and you're right at the top of that list, Michaela, every single month marcus lewis henna across the pond on facebook great to see you big dog thank you he says i don't quite understand why the broncos would trade sutton anyway respect to you you both love from over here as always appreciate you yeah zach i mean why 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 do you trade Cortland sutton when the phone rings like why do you entertain it outside of you know when the phone rings you listen if it goes the conversation goes beyond that in any way shape or form why uh, number one, you want to clear his contract off the books. Uh, number two, you feel he, like he's a cancerous attitude in the locker room or you watch the tape and you think that he's giving up or giving less effort after he got paid. Uh, number three, you're confident in Jerry Judy and Timmy P and KJ Hamler. Um, that's that's pretty much it. And you need the draft capital. I mean, there's four obvious reasons and it has to be one of them if and only if they do end up trading court. That's the ding, ding, ding cherry on top is you see some sort of a uh, advantage in whatever your vision is, but they've set, they've stood pat. They've not made a move on either Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, which to me means either the market was significantly cooler in terms of how teams mm -hmm. valued these guys or and or it could be an and or um, the Broncos just Sean Payton has some clear designs for. Cortland Sutton in this scheme. I mean, there have been some really good possession receivers, Zach, over the oh, years yeah. in the Sean Payton system. Oh, yeah. So um, he could be staring down the barrel of some, uh, you know, return to the limelight, so to speak. Steve Armstrong, bro, the Mile Highlander in the house, rocking his uh, Buckham T-shirt and his profile pic, and the orange and blue kilt, dude, like a true Highlander. There can be only one, <laughs> if you know, you know. Spending time on my Sunday, says Steve, with the priests and deacon. Draft is on the horizon. Hashtag Buckham, MHH for life. Yes, indeed. 
Zach, we're we're in the home stretch nearly anyway. We're about two weeks away from the draft, a little bit more than two weeks. Yeah, I'm not the biggest draft season guy with respect to someone like Scott or Nick or Carl and so on and so forth, but um, I do love the annual event. It would be nice if the Broncos had a first-round pick you know, on day one, but we'll have to see what they do on day two and uh, day three, and they should uh, make some hay. That's, you know, it saps a little bit of the joy out of uh, the draft for all fans when your team doesn't have a first-round pick. You can kind of live with that if you have a second-round pick, but it can become quite um, gloomy, I don't know, when you don't have a one or a two. So that's why we're here for you guys and and stick with us. Uh, Because, as you guys know, for Zach and I, we're grabbing the news every day stuff. The deep divers on the draft, that's one of the things that MHH has always prided ourselves on is our draft coverage and the analysts we have here on staff that are going to go deep. So a year like this, Zach, is when that really comes in handy, that knowledge of you know, a lot of places, they'll, like back in the old days, for example, Zach, when maybe we weren't quite as uh, specialized in draft as a publication, you know, I'd spend a lot of time at least getting to know like top 100 names, trying to get as familiar with them as I could. Um, but guys like Eric and Nick and Scott and, I mean, Lance, dude, these guys are, they're knowing these prospects that stretch beyond the 200-some-odd picks that ultimately end up being made. And uh, so we're trying to bring you that value, guys. GLP in the house. Bro, thank you. The swashbuckler says, great to see Broncos fans supporting MHH. Go Broncos, buck them, MHH for life. Well, you're another one of those guys, Gary, right at the top of the list. So we thank you, big dog. And it really is the best tight-knit community, Chad. I mean, I, I've said for a long time, as of you, that Broncos country is the best fan base on the planet, and you guys show us that each and every time we get on this uh, this uh, camera and this microphone. Thank you so much. Amen. Lawrence, again, jumping in. Thanks, bro. He says, I feel it's the baby steps we need to take Cortland Sutton. Um, he hasn't been the same since he got hurt. Love him, though. Yeah, and that's one of the things that makes the the – his last two seasons, it's hard to know for sure exactly what the primary culprit is for him not you know, returning to that pre-injury Pro Bowl form. Is it simply an injury, which could, it could be it. You know, oftentimes the, the uh, right answer is, this, is the simplest, you know, Occam's razor. Um, or, Zach, it also happens to coincide that two-year span since he returned from his knee with two additional years of crappy offensive coordinating, crappy scheming, and subpar quarterback play. Now, last year, look, he tried to mind meld with Russ. I mean, if you look at his um, target to reception ratio, it's horrendous. Uh, Russ was trying to force feed him the ball uh, like I try to do with my two-year-old son, almost Theo, who (laughs) you sit him up in the high chair and try and make him eat something, and he's like, up yours you know you got to really try and uh, battle him that's what it was like trying to force feed Russ trying to force feed Cortland Sutton at times and they just never could quite get on the same page no but the the um hopeful part in a Sean Payton system he loves the big bodied physical possession receivers look at Michael Thomas look at um Oh, I can't think of it. Marcus Colston back in the day. I mean, he's had a lot of physical Cortland Sutton-like receivers go on to have success. So if Sutton can just buy into the program, and I can't really even blame the injury so much, Chad. They say you need a year to feel good, and after a year, I mean, he's had that time now. He should be back physically to pre-injury form, but mentally, psychologically, I think you're right. The quarterback play, the losing, uh, just the overall fan base, the vibe, it's gotten to him, but hopefully, like uh, we talk about the Sean Payton bump can extend to number 14 as well the lady d jumping in with an authoritative super chat top rope style love you deanna thank you so much she says that article talking about the Cortland sutton thing was clickbait it's old news happy to catch you guys hey michaela uh and love my bridge the gap mhh for life yes bridge the gap by the way we had our our record release show on friday everybody traveled to salt lake city it was really cool we saw multiple multiple MHHers that lived in Utah uh, coming out for the show, which was really cool to hang out with you guys and get to meet you. Uh, so thank you for that. Deanna says, hit the like button with a second big super chat. Thank you. Thank you. you guys are the best. She says, MHH for life. Much love, Lady D. It's incredible. Thank you so much, Deanna. It's, it's Chad and I tip our hats to you, literally take it off to you, each and every one of you. Thank you. Your generosity is amazing. 
love you and the ladies of MHH so often uh, as they are wont to do, leading the way. So, uh, Chris Chances, appreciate the super big dog. He says, Chad, Zach, Scott, still the best in the business. You are most kind. Uh, appreciate you, brother. Michael Davis, who was in the chat getting the conversation started before we even went live with the super. Thank you, big dog. He says, Priest, Pro Football Focus's war, which is a, uh, an advanced analytic, has us rated 27th in draft efficiency over four years. It's been a slow yearly erosion of talent. That's a good way to put it. Our picks in 23 must hit. Much love. That's really uh, an interesting, a few different um, buckets that you that you land in there, Michael. But yes, Zach, George Payton, after kind of being the bell of the ball, you know, if you if you stretch into, if you look at his first, let's say, 13 months, at, or 15 months, as Broncos GM, he was getting props for the best draft class of 2021, which is the one, of course, that featured Patrick Sertan II. And then inside the, the first three months of his second year, he orchestrates a trade that just about any, um, not just about, that any quarterback needy team that was, in a, that, that was in a position to trade for Russell Wilson would have done. It was looking like this guy, you know, his future was so bright, he's got to wear shades. And then the walls kind of start closing in around him, a relatively lackluster 2022 draft class in terms of immediate impact, Zach. And then, of course, the, the Nathaniel Hackett hire. It's to a point where you've got, you know, it's off season, so you got the list going around, this, that, and the other, yeah. where he was listed as the, the worst-ranked GM, Zach, with at least two years of draft uh, and GMing under his belt. This is my my weekly I-don't-care segment where I, I say that's a pro football focus and war and all these other subjective, you know, vague metrics. I, I look at the Broncos over the last two years because that's George Payton's tenure, Chad. You go back four years, you're talking about John Elway, who's no longer literally part of the organization. So we're hopeful. We think that George Payton hit a home run in year one. We think he might have hit a ground rule double in year two if a couple picks hit. Hopefully this year he goes back to swinging big. Real quick, Clayton, sorry to hear about that, dude. That's just a crappy weekend, bro. So prayers up and definitely thoughts and prayers for you and your family. Really tough uh, weekend to have a friend and cousin pass away. So that is just really tough, big dog. We, we're feeling for you. So let us know what we can do to, to, to help you. Um, the Duchess with a number three super chat tonight going off. She says, I heard rumors not to discount Sean Payton from trying to move up into the first round. Personally, I think it would be a mistake. Thoughts? Well, Michaela, it would really depend on how you got there, right? Like, what would you have to package, Zach, to conceivably get into the first round? In other words, you'd have to trade a premium, premium player and probably, once again, you know, both of your third-round picks this year and maybe even more to climb up into the first round, depending on who that player was, like, you might be able to package something with a deal like that for, say, maybe Jerry Judy as like a possibility. Patrick Sertan, he's probably the only other guy that could get you in that conversation. Not worth it to me. Not worth it. I mean, in 2021, you're going, hey, maybe they should have taken this quarterback or taken that quarterback. And after his first season, you were really fans were really focused a lot, Zach, on the fact that there were quarterbacks on the table the Broncos could have taken in 2021. Then you got Russ. And you're thinking, all right, well, you know, think, let's just be stoked they didn't draft a quarterback because now we got Russ and we've got a franchise cornerstone shutdown corner in Patrick Sertan, but then the quarterback didn't pan out. So we're, we're coming back into a cycle here. What I'm getting at in a little bit of a long-winded way is if Sean Payton does what we all hope and expect him to do and elevates Russ back into the saddle, so to speak, you're going to be so glad. You're going to have your cake and eat it too because you got the quarterback rocking and you've got your shutdown corner that opposing quarterbacks, Zach, do not want to play with. Absolutely. And, you know, it's going to take a lot more than two-thirds if the Broncos are going to move up into the first round. And when I talked about Devin White earlier. What you said was very poignant, Chad. Do you want to start burning into future capital? You gave up your first the last couple of years. Do you want to do that for 2024 when you finally have one again? That's what it would cost. Number two, 
who are you trading up for? I mean, is really, is there anyone in this draft class the Broncos need that badly that they would have to risk such significant future capital? If you're trading up in the first round, you're going after a premium position. So a quarterback, which the Broncos don't need, a left tackle, which the Broncos don't need, uh, a number one cornerback, which the Broncos don't need, Edge, you could argue, but is it worth it when you already have Randy Gregory, you already have Baron Browning, you already have Nick Benito? Do you want to sacrifice the future first to get an edge? I wouldn't do that. Not worth it at all. And you, it's the league, man. You can't have all pros and pro bowlers at every exactly. single position. Exactly. So I'm not going to lie. Pass rush, as you guys know, has been a concern for me. All the waves Broncos made this offseason and all the signings that they've been lauded for were great and highly needed and hopefully they minimize the fact that pass rush is kind of up in the air if you get a little luck by way of the injury bug zach it could end up being just fine edge rusher because if randy gregory stays on the field that dude is a high impact difference mm -hmm. maker it's the problem is there's that's just far from a guarantee tom bro great to see you in the chat tonight my dog thank you for the super chat says, I think that they will get seven picks, the Broncos. They have five currently. When it's all said and done during the draft, my feeling is Broncos will trade a player on draft day, like a Mike Purcell, a Josie Jewell, a Cortland Sutton, uh, or maybe a Jonathan Cooper. What do you think, Zach? I don't know what value Purcell or Cooper have. Uh, Josie Jewell's locked in as a starter opposite Alex Singleton, so unless you're drafting his immediate replacement, I don't see what you can really garner that would make much sense. Sutton is the only true trade ship, maybe even Jerry Judy, but then again, it opens up that can of worms, is trading one of your starting receivers who is trying to help out your $245 million quarterback. Is that worth it all to get a fourth or fifth round pick back for? So they might make a trade, but it might not involve a player per se. We have one of our great hashtag state of being super chat superstars, Phil McLaughlin slash supporter, jumping in with some stars throwing down in Tucson. Thank you, big dog. Appreciate you. Keith Brugman in the house. Good to see you tonight, my friend. Beard is looking luscious in the profile pic, so props to you. So the Broncos have focused on tight end with their top 30 visits. True, a lot of tight end uh, mm -hmm. visits. What does that mean for the tight ends on the roster? Good question, and to kind of set the stage, and then I'm going to serve this over to you. You know, the Broncos have two athletic, young pass-catching types in Greg Dulcich and Albert Okwebunam, the latter of whom is in a contract year. And then they signed a, a reliable blocking tight end in Chris Manhurts, a veteran this, this offseason. So what is this about, Zach, all this tight end investigation? I think, Keith, you're uh, on to something. I think the answer is pretty obvious. They're interested in a tight end. That's a position that Sean Payton has also emphasized in New Orleans. I mean, you look at Benjamin Watson back in the day for him. You want a reliable pass catcher that can block off the line, and maybe he doesn't think Dulcich is there. Remember what he said when he was asked about Dulcich a few months ago? He goes, we'll see. The film was hard to watch last year. So I don't want to say doghouse like Albert O was in in the previous coaching staff, but you have to remember, Sean Payton, the new coaches, have zero loyalty to any of the incumbents, Greg Dulcich included. Yeah, I, for one, think that Greg Dulcich, um, when it all comes out in the wash, we'll see what happens in the draft. Uh, but tight ends as rookies typically don't make a huge impact, even highly drafted ones. Um, and yet Greg Dulcich found a way, once he, he kind of got worked into the scheme, to really kind of pop and become an asset when, when Russell Wilson could hit him, right, like in, on target and not throw it wildly off target. Uh, so, so that, to me, hints that he could have an even bigger, maybe burgeoning role with Sean Payton, but it does make you wonder, are they that dissatisfied with the talent they have? I mean, you only have five picks this year. Why are you spending so much time on the scratch and sniff side of things with your top 30 visits on tight end if you aren't so Curious. George Fox, bro, what's up? Thank you on Facebook. Great to see you. It says, we now begin to have a true team and a bunch of new guys in 15 days. Then we see what hole uh, that we might still have. Thanks, guys, for your insight on what comes next. Denver Bronx for life, MHH for life. Hit the thumbs up, guys. Yes, that thumbs up, great organic way to help us out uh, in a big, bad way. Tom, again, bro, thank you. He says, the culprit for Sutton's play last year was Nathaniel Hackett. When you have a leader with no backbone, says Tom, it shows. Gladly, 
Sean Payton will not play that crap for sure. Yeah, you know, the media blackout is one small example, Zach, of Sean Payton knowing what he's about, you know, and what is he, what is he about? He's about his business, and that's the business of winning football, and he knows what it takes to uh, architect that kind of a thing together. And first things first, too many off-field distractions, too many things – you know, last year, Broncos become kind of a national lampoon with all the media scrutiny and all the exposure Russell Wilson and different players uh, continue to have in the media, whether it was social media posts, you know, clips of this, commercials, media interviews, comments being made. And he's saying, no, that's we're not talking to the media till we are mandated to by the NFL, which is upsetting kind of the apple cart as far as bronco media tradition goes dating back decades but in sean's opinion it's for a just cause and the only thing he feels accountable for guys is the product on the field come uh the fall and so that's what he's focused on and if he's got to take some fiery darts right now because people want to be able to talk to him talk to russ talk to some of the players he's happy to take those you know he's uh he's got a broad enough back let's say uh to put that target on him yeah, thick enough skin as well. And, you know, what's right is right. We love clowning on Nathaniel Hackett, and a lot of what happened last year was at Hackett's feet. But I noticed this, and you did as well. A lot of people have chat about Sutton. His tenacity has gone down. You know, his want to out there on the field has gone down since he started to break out in 2018, 2019, before the ACL injury. I want to see that Corlin Sutton, the hungry Sutton back, a bigger factor, I believe, I hope I'm wrong, not necessarily Hackett, but him getting that fat contract, him getting paid. It might have made him a little complacent. Then you add in the quarterback, then you add in the injury, then you add in the coaching, and it's like, I'm throwing my hands up. It really does make you wonder because anybody who has uh, dealt with an injury, I mean, maybe you just tweak your back, uh, pulling weeds out in the yard or whatever, if it's enough to, to really bother you, you probably can remember times where you're like, it affects other aspects of your focus. and Or even like if you're sick, right? You catch a bug or whatever, you're under the weather. And one of the common complaints you always hear is you just don't quite feel like yourself. It's like you got a, a dirty dish rag over your brain. And then once you get over it, you're back to yourself. It's that distraction uh, when you're dealing with something that is either causing you pain or, or bringing you down. And I think, Zach, you're right that at least in part here, we're trying to figure out the exact equation on Cortland Sutton, but that tenacity, that intensity, that fight, that just bulldog attitude, man, yeah. when he was out there, I haven't really seen that since he came back from the injury. So, you know, considering, Zach, that we don't believe in coincidence on this podcast, in other words, coincidence really is the exception, uh, not the rule in most cases. These things are, are directly correlated has a little something to do with coming back from his injury. And you see that want to, you see the tenacity, you see the fight every time Timmy P, we talked about him earlier, would go up to get a ball. I mean, it was less and less 80-20 for Cortland Sutton and pure 50-50, whereas Timmy fought for everything. And it showed last year how badly the Broncos missed him on every down, but especially in the red zone, you didn't have that reliability with Cortland Sutton. If you toss it up, who knows what's going to happen? That never used to be. Zach, thanks for your patience, bro. Uh, appreciate you. He says, really excited to see this offense. Grabbing Sean Payton is crucial. Loved the free agency grabs also. MHH for life. Appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, and that's, again, you know, this is a man who knows his business, knows what, what it takes, knows how the sausage gets made. And uh, he took a look uh, through some uh, uncomfortable, uh, painful film sessions last year and deduced that Gall – Golly, we got to get us a right tackle, a set-and-forget guy. We got to upgrade this uh, Dalton Reisner dude at left guard. And uh, he took care of that business. So that buys the Broncos some, you know, not only the ability to take care of Russ and hopefully implement his Sean's uh, power rushing attack, but, you know, also if you got those things going, man, it's like when Peyton Manning was in Denver and, and the offense was humming and he was getting protected and you're putting points on the board. What's up, Colby? Good to see you, brother. Um, there were always, every one of those years um, that Peyton Manning was in Denver, Zach, every one of them, there were roster holes. There were roster imperfections. In fact, that 23-13 season, holy cow, horrible offensive line. Even though Zane Beatles somehow managed to get a, a Pro Bowl, not, you know, that was the year before. Either way, 
that offensive line, man, when you got to Super Bowl 48, it was not there. But when you're operating on such a high level, at least with offense, it kind of just has the ability to cover things, right, and cover holes and make them not as glaring uh, because they don't affect the overall, um, you know, the overall approach as much as if, like the Broncos of the last few years, Zach, where they're literally walking the razor's edge week in and week out, zero room for error, every roster hole then becomes exacerbated. Yeah, and Peyton also came in and said, listen, I'm going back to one-on-ones. I'm going back to nine-on-sevens. I'm going back to practicing tackle football. I'm going back to playing my starters in the preseason. I mean, he said everything but point-blank. Nathaniel Hackett sucked last year. So, like, having Chad talked about as someone with broad shoulders, a broader back, thicker skin, having a real adult in charge, again, cannot be overstated enough. Hashtag extreme competency. Yes, sir. And that's why, like, for Zach and I, who – you know, we budget with the expectation every April. Colby, love you, big dog. Uh, we budget every April the expectation that, hey, after the you know first couple of waves of free agency kind of fade away and before the draft, hey, at least we're going to get some uh, player and coach availability at OTAs when phase one starts. <laughs> nope. Not this time. Not this time. And that's I'm okay with that. You know, we'll find other ways to make hay. Uh, as far as written content and articles and stories at MHH, because it's like an investment, you know, you're, you're going, all right, well, we'll take it on the chin right now, Zach, knowing that if Sean Payton does what we think he's going to do and puts a winning product on the field in the, in the fall, man, talk about making hay. We'll be able to make a lot of hay with that. It's why you go out and you pay him $18 million. It's why you go out and you trade a first-round pick for his services because he is that good and he warrants that and he's going to bring that winning product back to Denver. Mike, dude, going off with some stars tonight on Facebook. Bro, thank you so much. Love you, big dog. Um, I've had a very, very, very busy weekend, uh, so I haven't been able to do some of the – Some of the items on my to-do list remain unresolved. One of those, though, Mike, is to get your your new merch purchases up on the MHH Instagram page and give you some flex and some love. So stay tuned for that in the very, very near future. Phil saying, Mike, you're going crazy, LOL. We love it, and thank you, bro. Uh, Getting props from everybody, helping us keep, keep these lights on, keep the content flowing. So don't know what we'd do without you, Mike. That's the truth. Like I said earlier, the best freaking fan base on the state of the state of the earth. It doesn't even make sense on planet earth. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. We're there. I was going to say the good. state of the being, but it didn't make sense. Mike, uh, Mike jumping in to say all the Facebook stars are for all Broncos country and all the mile high huddle podcast hosts and their shows go Broncos buck them. Yeah, dude, you do such a great job, Mike of, uh, making every show, uh, feel the love. So very, very cool. And I know all the other guys, I can speak for them on this. Really, really appreciate it. So thank you, big dog. Um, Okay, we're at 35 minutes. We got a little bit more time, guys. We're good for a minute. But if you have any burning topics, any burning questions, get them in the chat, and we will do our best to get to them before we have to uh, dip on out of here tonight. Uh, Zach, what did you make of the NFL.com ironically – uh, coming from Adam Rank, his rankings of George Payton um, basically being the worst GM on those rankings over the last two years. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but is it really all about the the Russ and Hackett thing? Is it taking everything into account? Because I, I think it's more like whatever bloom has left the George Payton Rose temporarily right now, or at least in the moment, I think it really has a, a lot more to do with not even so much the rust thing, because anyone who is being honest and in good faith will knows that's a deal any quarterback needy team makes. But the Nathaniel Hackett hire, man, that's a tough one to really uh, live down and justify. Outside of, hey, we really thought it was going to, we were basically told that it was how we'd get Aaron Rodgers. Like, we really thought hiring Nathaniel Hackett would get us Aaron Rodgers, and didn't pan out that way. And even that though, is still kind of a, a piss poor excuse. Yeah. I mean, 
it's Adam Rank. So take that with a grain of salt. It's lazy analysis because, again, these, this is a national media member who's simply looking at the Broncos' record, looking at the Broncos' recent history, and giving his opinion on the situation. Um, you talked about the fact that any worthwhile GM would have made that trade. Look at Philadelphia. Howie Roseman is one of, if not the best GM in the NFL, Chad. He was going after uh, Russell Wilson, according to Ian Rappaport. No one could have expected Russ to be that bad. And you bring up Hackett. Yeah, it's a laughing stock. He's one of the worst hires in recent history. But how many of us really faulted? I know I pushed for it, but how many of us faulted Hackett, uh, Peyton for taking that chance, going for a younger coach, going for an offensive coach? Who could have foreseen Hackett being historically bad as he was? But you look around the NFL and it happens every year. You want to go for that flash in the pan hire, the next Sean McVay. It happened twice this offseason alone with Jonathan Gannon and Shane Sykin. You got to take the chance. George Payton took the chance, took the chance on Russ. And it didn't work out, but it doesn't make him a bad GM. You have to add up all the factors together and really judge it objectively. I don't think he's that objective. I think when you get far enough down the road and people, NFL historians, start looking back on the, let's say, 2021 through 2024 Denver Broncos era, I think George Payton's going to be viewed much more kindly than he is right now just because I think the best is yet to come. I mean – we can talk about laws of av- the law of averages, all that stuff, but um, really the fact that Sean Payton is here, what that means, the implications on Russ and everything else. I want to get to what Terrell Davis thinks that the implications are here in a second, but first I wanted to say what's up to uh, Smouse in the house, Zachary. What's up, bro? With unique prepping, if you guys are into that, uh, the prepping thing, you know, which after what we experienced uh, in 2020 – It's not the worst idea to have some ducks in a row just in case. Probably maybe check out his channel. Just to support, he says. Thank you, brother. Um, Zach, uh, Michaela jumping in again to say, (laughs) you're making me sweat, LOL. Why are you wearing a sweatshirt? Uh, Laughing her uh, butt off, so to speak. Yeah, what's up with that? You you under the weather? Number one, you can attest, Chad, these hoodies are super comfortable. They're not, you know, they don't make me sweat that much. And number two, I have the air turned all the way down. If you know me, I run very hot, so it has to be frigid at all times. Same here. Um, Zach, here is what Terrell Davis said about uh, the Sean Payton move, Russell implications. And it's interesting because, and Michaela Israel jumping in with a super. Good to see you, my friend. Give our best to to Coop. She says, you guys rock. Appreciate you being awesome. You're awesome. And so is your boy. Uh, Terrell Davis, Zach, has um, exited the NFL media business. No longer is he at NFL Network back in Denver, raising his young family, doing something different, and being a a dad. And uh, anyway, he caught up with, I think it was Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette. Yeah, it was. And uh, here's what he said. A couple of quotes I want your thoughts on here. Uh, Davis, quote, you could not have gotten a better candidate to come in for what the Broncos needed right now. I have nothing against first-year coaches, but the Broncos needed a stabilizer, someone to come into this situation, and I love this part, and not have to think about how to fix it, but know how to fix it, close quote. And then, Zach, he goes on to say, uh, actually, I want to get to that, but some of this other stuff we will but the idea zach that you needed to bring someone in who couldn't think about grope at theorize stab at how to fix this but knew straight up here's what's needing to be done to fix this thing no one better that could do that than sean payton i love the way he put that yeah i mean i think he's speaking for all of broncos country certainly speaking for this podcast when he says that we've talked about it for from the moment that Sean Payton was hired, if he can't fix for us, no one they would have hired, including Jim Harbaugh, uh, could have as well. And what we've also talked about is for once, thank God, the Broncos don't have a rookie head coach who's learning on the fly. This is one of the more seasoned, experienced coaches in recent memory, not to mention accomplished and successful as well. So definitely encouraging. Nothing more to take away from that than uh, hopefulness. Exactly. Real quick, guys. Howie, I don't know if you saw my email, uh, but one of the caveats when someone wins a jersey, all right, for the giveaway each month, is you got to go on to the team stores and make sure the jersey that you want is available. 
So check your email because the one you're looking for is not available right now from the, um, you know, the up and up stores. So the Denver Broncos own team store, NFL shop store. You can find that particular jersey you're after on some uh, less reliable sites. But I just from our, our, our history, we want to try and avoid that if possible. So that means you either need to find it somewhere reputable or maybe come up with a different one or wait. So you let me know. Check your email, reply, let us know what you want to do on that because we do want to get you taken care of with your jersey. Um, Mike saying with another super, thank you, bro. Uh, Michael Davis, it's not Wilson per se. Uh, it wasn't Hackett. It's Wilson's contract, the whole Peyton thing. Peyton giving up $250 million without Wilson playing a snap has set us back three to four years. Ouch. I feel you on that. But, Mike, I got to tell you, not to, sh- not to say that George Peyton isn't complicit in that. He is. But all the reporting from actual Bronco insiders on this was that that was a Walton Penner thing. Russ wanted a contract. He wanted to feel the love. He wanted to feel like this was really his new home and that the team had uh, you know, some, some skin in the game. Even though they'd just given up what they did as far as the Kings ransom to get him from Seattle, he wanted that contract for himself. And it was the, the Walton Penner ownership group, Zach, that really went to bat about let's get it now, let's do it now. George Payton, more of a pragmatic guy, been around the block a few times when it comes to the NFL. He was like, yeah, let's maybe wait and see how this shakes out. And they said, no, let's pay him. And so he was basically working at the behest of his bosses to put together the best possible deal he could under the directive of get him paid before the season. We want him happy. We want no distractions. We want the best possible version of Russell Wilson. And not only that, you want to get ahead of the Joe Burrow contracts, Lamar Jackson contracts, the Justin Herbert contracts. Those are going to be astronomical, probably like 55 to $60 million per year baseline. So I was one, I could speak for myself, I advocated for the Broncos to pay Russ and get that locked in because it was only going to go up. Wait till Lamar Jackson gets his contract and he has, what, one playoff win in his career? They're astronomical salaries and you want to always get ahead of the market, same as Peyton did with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. But it goes back to my previous point, who could have foreseen Russ being that bad? He might have not, you know, the, it's, it might not have been realistic to expect $250 million play, but he didn't even give the Broncos $50 million play. I mean, who could have seen that coming? And again, that's not to absolve him, but just this is based on reporting uh, that has, has come out since the Russell Wilson contract. So for what that's worth, Mike, appreciate you though, brother. Um, Zach, here's something else uh, Terrell Davis told uh, Thomason of the Denver Gazette. Quote, this is on Russell Wilson's first year as a Bronco. Quote, it's hard to believe that you can go to that from a guy. So, you know, the fact that he was uh, a Pro Bowler before, nine or eight-time Pro Bowler. Okay. So it's hard to believe that you could go uh, to that from a guy who over the last 10 seasons had looked like a Pro Football Hall of Famer. I know that he had a lot of different components coming to a new city, a new head coach, a new offense, new O-line, new everything, but... I just had a hard time believing that uh, we saw what we saw last year, Zach, is what Russell is, close quote. And then the last comment on that subject is from Davis, quote, I believe Peyton comes in and Wilson has a reset, close quote. So that's the word he used, Zach, reset. I mean, he's literally taking the words out of our mouths, Chad. I mean, how many times did we say it's hard to believe that Russ went from nine-time Pro Bowler, former Super Bowl champion, to looking like Nathan Peterman or worse overnight? It just doesn't happen. So, yeah, he was complicit at part for what happened last year, but I think a lot can be written off with the coaching, the injuries, the, the psychological, the mental aspects that we've talked about in this podcast ad nauseum. The hope is that Sean Payton corrects all that. We think he will. I'm feeling really good about it. Doug, good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. The support, as always, means the world to us. Uh, I'm just pulling up uh, the Mile High Huddle Facebook page here. Um, because John Juno, good to see you. We love you. Right back, big dog. Yes, hit the like button. Okay, we're at almost 47 minutes, so we got to get going here pretty soon. I think we've mind most of the the storylines Zach that emerged Friday Saturday Sunday um so I just want to take a quick pass at the stream here in the chat and uh see if anything jumps out that that 
is intriguing uh, topically. Um, yeah, this judge jury. I haven't given up on Russ just yet. Next year might be different. I think it would be silly not to give him a chance to bounce back under a decent head coach. Yeah, if it was a decent head coach. Like Frank Reich, that's a decent head coach. Sean Payton, I think Zach yeah. is many levels True. of proven quality above even a decent coach. So what does that mean for Russ's opportunity to, quote, bounce back or, quote, as Davis said, reset? Really good point. And all we can go on is how Russell Wilson looked without Nathaniel Hackett in the picture. When they went to Jerry Rossberg as interim, they give the reins to Justin Outen, who's nowhere near, obviously, the uh, offensive mind Sean Payton is. And Russ looked like a quarterback reborn. It was a night and day difference. So extrapolating that to someone of, of Sean Payton's caliber should be much better. Uh, Ryan, it's a fair point because we didn't mention this. He says, worst GM is the Browns GM because of the Deshaun Watson deal. That's a fair point, but the qualifier is they had to have two years on the job. So um, that GM did not qualify, although if he had, I would be stunned if he wasn't the one GM, at least in Adam Rank's estimation, Zach, that uh, ranks behind George Payton because, yes, indeed, that was a, that was a brutal uh, deal. It was, but I do like a lot of what Andrew Barry has done in Cleveland, some of the trades he's made and uh, player acquisitions. So every GM makes mistakes. you got to swing for the fences, and sometimes you strike out. Sometimes you don't. Um, okay, guys, I think we've really hit everything we want to get to. So we're, we got a few messages. Don't go anywhere uh, before we sign off. That was the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so already, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott, our producer at scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, like we talked about the hoodie, wearing hats, we got Bucca merchandise all right there. MHHmerch.com. Check that out. If you haven't go to facebook.com, slash mile huddle pod be sure you're liking that page following that page if you're on ig follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle and if you haven't guys and gals go to apple Podcasts and leave your football pre-safe five star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month but if anything please subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel it really helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you Amen to that. Love you guys so much. Um, shout out to these great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight. Really helping us keep the conversation going and, of course, supporting what we do. Michael Ronquillo, throwing down. Much love and respect, dude. Thank you, bud. Uh, Lady D, Deanna, uh, Deanna Hendry, Michaela Parker, the Duchess, Lawrence Rivera, Phil McLaughlin, Colby C. Collier, Doug Raquel, Zach Bernstein, Keith Brugman, George Fox, and then on uh, all of our Super Chat superstars this evening. Uh, I've mentioned a couple of them, but also got to throw some props to David McElrath, to Erwin Serrano, to Steve Armstrong, the Mile Highlander, to GLP, that's Gary Palmer, uh, Chris Chances, Michael Davis, Tom Lackhoff, uh, and, of course, Unique Prepping, Michaela Israel, and her sidekick, Cooper. Much love and respect. Can't wait to talk to you guys tomorrow night at the same time. We'll see y'all then. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.